Welcome to It's Not The Length podcast. I'm Paul Evans recording from a gloomy, frigid European surfing capital of Capreton, southwest France, to my north, precisely 1,117 kilometers north, is a man now so famous for his penmanship and his broadcasting, he literally had to move out of London to the outskirts of Royal Tunbridge Wells just to secure some quiet anonymity required to pen such magna opera as Five Things We Learned at Haliva. Burez is back from the brink and hungry as ever to stay on the CT. There is a serious clash of CT veterans and rookies about to go down at Haliva. What does it take to win at Haliva? And Luana Silva is ready to take her game to the next level. It's Ben Mundy. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, I'm glad to see you've been keeping up with the uh, the recent additions to the canon. And uh, yeah, have you some... written? You've written more stories about Haliva than people have actually surfed heats at Haliva. I think if I was to be, uh, yeah, I like. If uh, is your question, Paul? Am I a Haliva expert? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I am, and uh, I surfed it uh, a few times back in. 2012, and I'm uh, pretty sure got a, a pretty good handle on it, mate. Yeah, yeah. Is is Luana Silva definitely ready to take her game to the next level? She is. Yeah, yeah. If you read okay. the, um, I mean, I, you know, look. In my defence, some of those headlines do get changed for some SEO reasons beyond my uh, pay grade. But um, yep. yeah, she's ready. She's in the. Uh, she's through, yeah. mate. She's pretty much qualified, yeah, that- and uh, as a hardcore QS fan, I couldn't be happier. That, uh, that's a big that's a big favorite on Google is Luana Silva and next level as search terms. Uh, oh, it's massive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is Burez back from the brink and hungry as ever to stay on the CT? Well, <laughs> no. Well, no, he's still hungry, but he's not back to the brink. He's he's pretty much he's he's in the brink again. Yeah, he's 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 well and truly well and truly brinked as it turns out. And he's out. starving. He's yeah, fucking starving. But he's fucking hungry. <laughs> we might get to some of your actual, Paul. I've been reading some of your missives too, don't worry. We might get to that a, a little bit later, actually. Other than um, turning out great, great content, how's life been, mate? You good? Yeah, good. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, cold over this part of the world. Just uh, monitoring, here. monitoring storms and uh, eyeing off the future. Christmas is coming. Um, yeah, still having flashbacks to our last little... Uh, foray abroad in the Portugal, France and the Azores, still sort of hanging on to those, um, that muscle memory. But uh, pretty happy with my lot, Paul. Yeah, thanks for asking. We, we might be back in Portugal soon, mate. Nazare's rumbling in it, it's flirting with us, it's tickling yeah. us. We've all sort of, we've chosen our flights that we'd prefer to get and sort of emailed them over, but nothing's nothing booked yet. Don't you? They, they always start off that, just look at the flights, guys. Like, yeah, okay, and then for two weeks, you just keep looking at those same flights and they disappear and then a new storm pops up. But... Yeah, it's a, it's a um, ever-changing scenario out there on the Atlantic, and uh, yeah, hopefully this, well, it's, uh, what is it today? It's a ch- Monday the 6th of December, so we're hoping that uh, end of the week we might get a start, Paul, at the Nazare mm. Toe Challenge. I've been, uh, I've been loving the North Shore action, actually, um, even if it's been Haliva, uh, my least favourite of the, of the former Triple Crown events, but I, I love the... I, I love the timing of, a, of, your, of your triple crown. It's 7.30 in France, it comes on. So it's just that time in the evening when it's dark, you sort of closed your shutters, the heating's on, and you're sort of ready to get into bed. Um, and yeah, I love the escapism of, um, of the North Shore. And it very nearly came together with the ashes as well this year, which is, which is when it's really special, is when you get the ashes and 
Hawaii on at the same time. Normally it's pipe, isn't it? Because um, yeah, by this time, like the first test, it's normally sort of heading into pipeline. But um, that's happening in about 48 hours as well. So um, yeah, even if England do end up getting absolutely fucking tonked as usual, but um, fun, great memories, great memories of, of 2010, 2011. Um, one of the great, one of the great triple crown ashes combos. Do you lie in bed just listening to WSL sort of? Commentary, just Joe Turpel, just he just he just sends you off to a blissful sleep as you as you're watching uh, Aristarbe yeah. in, the, in the round of 64 of the Halieva competition. Yeah, bas- yes, basically I do actually. Yeah. I just I like to follow that, and then um, sometimes when you wake up, it's still going, isn't it? So depends what time you wake up, of course. But yeah, I like to top and tail a great night's sleep with some with some Turpel and some. Um, some Kaipo, um, a bit of Makua Kai has been on there this time, hasn't he? Uh, some, some BL and anti-vaxxer BL. Um, some, some Ross Williams. He's um, been very, um, yeah, Makua Kai. He's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's brought his A game, hasn't he? He's, he seems to be gunning for the top. He's got sort of a little roll call of like quite little cool Hawaiian kind of sayings that he, he just drops in at the right time. Almost pre-rehearsed, some of them. Like, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a threat, Paul. I'm worried about him. Mm, um, what else has been going on? Um, what, what else has been happening to you, Ben? Mate, I've just been, um, I've just been kind of. I mean, we had a long stint away, didn't we? Not, not much. Not much. Yeah, I've just been. Uh, I've been. You're just checking well, your, You know, I've just been. Just checking your notes. What have I been up to? What have, <laughs> what I, been have up I done? To? I can't can't see that paragraph. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't think about that. You'd ask that question. Apart from reading yeah. your missives, uh, I went to a Red Bull uh, snowboarding premiere, which we might get into last week. Went and sort of cross tribes, Paul. I don't mind doing yeah. that. I don't mind. Just I'm going to talk some snowboarding as well, Ben. Oh, yeah. Surfing the frozen wave. Yeah, I saw that. Coming. I got loads. I got loads on that. Yeah, I bet you have. Yeah, I saw that coming, so I thought I'd um, come forearmed with some, uh, some yeah. anecdotes just to yeah, <laughs> stop the flow, so to speak. I would like to talk about Hopkins on the cusp, but let's not, because that'll go. That'll be old news in about twelve hours. But Hopkins is on the cusp. Um, Nazare is, is is flirting. It's there. It's looming. Otherwise, um, I went down the beach to take the dog for a shit this morning. I mean, a walk, and um, something something quite good happened. Something that sort of warmed my heart a little bit. Ben, there's a there's a tall there's a tall bald man here. French guy's a mad swimmer, and um, he swims, does laps up and down. He's got this. He's got this Labrador that sort of swims with him. It's very cute. Um, anyway, he's started doing these groups every day, does it, of like mainly sort of older women, quite lumpy kind of, yeah, women that you don't normally sort of see. In wet, you know, they're not like sporty, sort of hard-bodied yoga bitches. These are just like realistic body shape type people, you know, of a certain age. But anyway, they're all in, they're in their weddies. And he takes groups of them out in the water it's called Marsh Aquatique, which is literally just like water walk. But so they're not, they don't go swimming in the surf, but they kind of do these like exercises where they either hop or do this sort of extended stride pattern in kind of in the white water. Anyway, it looks, it looks good and they seem to love it and it, it seems like a pretty good exercise. Uh, there's been loads of storms and obviously there's loads of plastic back on the beach. And this morning I was down there and I picked up this sort of bucket that had washed up or these two buckets. And he was like, oh, no, no, I'm going to use that. And took, kind of took it off me. And he gave it, he gave it to this group and he got them as part of their warm up on the beach to like lunge down, do these like squat lunges and pick up a bit of plastic, put it in the put it in the bucket and then and so like not only are they doing their warm-up but you got them to clean the beach at the same time and I, was, I, I just thought 
fucking hell, maybe there is a, a slight glimmer of hope for the future of humanity, with just a slight twinge, 1% chance. I took my daughter ice skating, well, which I tell you what, that for me is like surfing a hundred foot Nazare. The, the, the fear and the terror. <laughs> it's like you're, you're sort of just going very slowly around with a gun to your head at any stage, something like something <laughs> very, very serious could go wrong. I did eventually, obviously, fall over. Took out my daughter in the process of doing it, like swiped her legs out of the way. And then I had got one of those like 16 year old skate dudes came over to help me up. I was like, no, no, mate, no, no. And he said, look, mate, just help not. And I went, actually, yeah, he's get on your knees. I, yes, yes, yes. And I was like, yeah, I had to be helped up by a 16 year old dude on ice. And I was like, God, this age thing is, is getting to me. But yeah, so that was a. Uh, all, all quite similar. Were you wearing your sort of, your glittery lycra bodysuit? Yeah, well, that was the thing. I stood out because I was, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to make an impact, and uh, yeah. I was sort of going full blades of glory. That was my sort of outfit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no glory whatsoever. Should we get into some good bads? Yeah, let's do it. Ben, what have you got that's... Well, it kind of ties into uh, being good, and that's... We were just talking about being like... Uh, just being a hardcore QS fan, Paul. I know we've talked about this at length, but we're talking about Hawaii and getting up at, or checking at nights. It's a good time zone for us, but um, when it did go for the night, I couldn't sort of stay awake long enough. I'd sort of get up in the morning at 7 o'clock and... It's a busy time if you've got kids, those out there that have kids and it's school runoffs and breakfast and homework and it's a real tense part of the morning, that sort of 45 minutes of all action and I was just in there and I was, I'd snuck off um, sort of abrogating myself from my duties and I was just checking the, um, the, the women's QS results. I was checking, you know, did classic Monday. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I was, I, I was going in deep. I was like, you know, what, did Hopkins get through? Of course you bloody did. What about Aristabi, Ochoa? No, of course they bloody didn't. But I was just like literally going deep into the round of 64. And Sarah's my wife was like, what are you doing? I was like, just checking the QS scores, my love. Just getting involved. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Just another sort of, even deeper, Paul. I think I've gone deeper into the uh, the QS fandom over the last course of the last three months. And I was, I was really happy with it. It was really good. Yeah. Well, that sounds fun. <laughs> Paul. What about you? Yeah, should we talk about um, surfing the frozen wave? So, well, first of all, um, sorry, Ben, because we were actually supposed to record this pod last Friday, but I went for my second uh, snowboarding sesh of the week with Rich, with famous surf coach Richard Dog Marsh um, on Fry. So I, yeah, I forewent the, the pod for some pow. But yeah, I've been up mountain, mate. It's been puking snow. Um, it's been mad. Um, and it's been really fun, but I just, I've got some sort of observations. It's definitely a good, I've got some sort of comparisons with ocean surfing and yes, yeah, some sort of similarities, some sort of things that, that aren't the same. You feel free to chime in. So it hurts your legs more, right? So you get a lot more kind of ouchy quads in the snow. Unfortunately, sort of being a beach break sort of surfer, I don't really have the sort of luxury of getting sort of thigh burn from, you know, like surfing long points or anything. Um, so yeah, it hurts, hurts your legs a lot more, surf and hurts your arms. Um, I thought the fear of the unknown is a lot is a lot more in the snow. It's like the bits that you can't see that are sort of scarier, isn't it? So before you get over that next sort of little edge, you don't know what if it's a cliff or is it like a nice bit of sort of fluffy pow. Um, 
Whereas in the surf, it's fine until a set comes. You, but you can sort of see the threat. You know, when you're caught inside, you're looking at your enemy. Whereas in the snow, it's like, unless you know the place, every little every little sort of bit that dips out of view, you don't know. Um, you can't straighten out, can you, in the snow? Like if it's all getting a bit full on. <laughs> Normally in surfing, you can just sort of straighten out. But all you can do in snowboarding is stop. And even then, that, you might, so that might fuck you up a bit if it is powder, which it, it did. And even then, you've still got to like carry on again. There's no sort of opt-out, is there? Like even in surfing, if you get cleaned up, you can kind of get washed in and that's it, you're in. But yeah, on the, on the mountain, you can't really do that. And if, if you kind of want to stop because you literally can't snowboard anymore, your only way sort of out of that is, is snowboarding sort of home, which is awkward. I thought about getting the lift, I thought at one point, I was like, can I get the lift? Where's the lift? Can I get the lift down off the mountain? But I don't know if anyone's done that, but um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think it was the right thing to do. Um, just further observations. Um, in terms of like your calves and your snaps in the, in the pow, I didn't think they, they felt that surfy. It might be more of a reflection on, on me, but they look really surfy. Like when you see people do a little snap, forehand snap. But what I really thought was the, the great surfing maneuver is, if you're going down on the piste and there's a, a powder like next to it, a little bit of a slope going up, so you get really fast on the piece and you do like a bottom turn, and then you go, do like a floater, a forehand floater in the powder. It even makes the noise and then you sort of lose a bit of speed and you drop down again onto the piece, pick up speed again, another bottom turn. And I, I was doing, it's probably like the worst move in snowboarding. I was doing like sort of seven minutes, like stretches of like fucking forehand floaters and loving it. I really enjoyed that. Um, any any thoughts on any of those, Ben? Any any snow reflections? I no, I like that. Yeah, I it's just basically it's just being a kook, isn't it? You're just trying to work out what you can and can't do. But yeah, my friends who are good at slapping would always tell me that speed is your friend. But it's hard when speed's also your enemy. The faster you go, the the worse you're going to fall. When you get those speed wobbles, like you're on a when you're on a um, skateboard almost, you know you know the pain's coming. But you, yeah, you also know the only way out of it is to go faster. It's a very, uh, very conflicting and terrifying moment. But yeah, I do like, yeah, I, I feel that that little bit of that, what's around the next corner. Uh, not, not being able to trust yourself or trust what's, what's coming on is, is a terrifying feeling. Other dissimilarities, not a massive advantage to a door knee on the mountain, is there? Um, the lifts don't really open till nine. So me and Dog, I left, I got up at five. I, I, I left home, at, I met him at six in, in, in Bayon at the top, at the turn off. Anyway, we were waiting in line a good 40 minutes for the lift. He threatened to punch two people, by the way, while we were waiting. If this can't fucking bounce me again. <laughs> and how long did, um, how long did, so you and Richard stay together on that after that? We got on the, so first we get in the little eggs at the bottom to go up to the bottom of the station. Then we got on the lift. We were the first people on the lift and it was the first day it opened. So I did that twice last week, but, and everyone, there's a few other people behind us, but they all went to the other lift. So we were literally the first people up this side of the mountain and it was a fucking meter of, dude, it was, well, Dog said it was as good as it's, he's ever, ever had it in the Pyrenees. It was like a meter of powder and fucking no cunt around. It was mental. Anyway, yeah, he left me straight away. So yeah, we got off the lift and I, he said, well, I'll see you at lunch, basically. Uh, classic Marsh. Um, speaking of lunch, uh, great thing about snowboarding, all those pockets you've got in the jacket. So you can actually snack whilst you shred. Unlike surfing, you got to come back in, don't want to eat too much, get a bit full. Like, so I, um, I, I, I enjoyed that side. I, I had a failed fruit experiment on the first day 
where I stole one of the big oranges because we we stayed in the hotel the first time and, I, and there was nothing to steal from breakfast. It was all behind um behind that plexiglass because of like COVID. So you couldn't actually steal anything from the buffet except for an orange. So I stole an orange. Um, anyway, I obviously fucking turned that into orange juice in, in Toby Morgan's fucking Billabong Stoneport jacket because that, that, that got crushed on one of the first wipeouts. His pocket was just full of like juice. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I updated that. So when I went back, I wisened the fuck up for Friday and I took pit. Didn't put, what, put, didn't put a banana in your fucking <laughs> I took No, no, Ben. I took pitters already flat. That your pitta is already flat, isn't it? So I made Marmite and peanut butter sort of pitters, like a combo, and just put them in the pockets. And no matter, I stacked it a few times, but they, <laughs> they were still the same. They were great. I would say the answer to that's a backpack. Yeah, I thought about that, but I thought you look like you think you're a bit good. If you got a backpack, you look like you kind of, do you know what I mean? I'm not quite ready. To, and your your yes. your water water pipe in the mouth, whatever that's called. Yeah, it's a bit like surf. It's a bit like surfing with a hat in it, like a baseball cap. It's like a bit of it's a bit of a sh- of overt display of confidence. So I just thought I don't really want to tempt the mountain gods based on <laughs> based on how the first day went. I was like, mm. so I did think about that. Um, and just my final observation is. You, unlike in surfing, in snow, you're never. Well, I was. I'm never as happy as as like as when I saw the car. Like, I mean, I was almost at the point where I was euphoric and delighted. You're never that happy to see the car in surfing. If you, if something really bad happens in the surf, I suppose if you nearly drown or whatever, you have a two where you're sort of happy to get back on the rocks. You know, the, the relief comes when you get back on sort of dry land. But in snow, it really is right down to that last minute. I mean. I felt like I just finished a fucking ultra marathon. So yeah. we got so those. It's the lift and it's the walk oh, and the speed aching. Man, like we, this, you got to get those eggs, that little cable car thing, actually down to the village. So, so we finished snowboarding, but we still had to get into a ch- that lift to go down. And as as you've seen, you witnessed my late onset vertigo when we went down this glisten Portugal. I was a fucking. Ooh, you go over that edge and it all, and you see the fucking valley like beneath. You. I was like. Like want to throw myself out of the thing. I was that, anyway. So even that was fraught with with kind of nerves and anxiety. But we got back to the car park, and it's all there's snow everywhere. All the trees are cut. It looks like Christmas. It's just fucking amazing. Your clothes feel amazing. Like taking your snowball boots off, it's like a, it's at least a third of an orgasm, isn't it? And then I put on I put on tracky bums and a hoodie. They felt like they were made of the finest silk. They just felt so good. What about that, oh. what about that first beer afterwards? <laughs> oh god! Even even we'd already had a pint. Actually, we'd already we did have we did have an altitude pint, which got me hammered. Um, which is when I sent one of those WhatsApps to our, our group where I sort of swore I'd just had that. I just had a large beer up the mountain with dog. But um, even taking your your snowboarding beanie off and putting your your backup beanie on. Oh God! It just—I was just so happy to see dogs, um, dogs Toyota Land Cruiser. I was just fucking delighted. So yeah, good, good time as had by all. I spent about four hundred euros last week. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I like snowboarding. Um, I tell you what, uh, it was a good, best day I've had in a long time, Paul. And uh, uh, not for the, for the first time, you were involved in it. Played your part. Um, the last day of our day in the Azores. I think if you go through the Azores on this podcast, anyone that actually does go back through the um, the uh, Azores cast, the archive, you you would 
this would be a common theme about about how much we just uh, love that little part of the world, the the feel of the uh, the ocean, the, the the air you breathe, the greenness, the uh, the general nature vibes. But it was the last day. The comp had finished uh, about eleven o'clock on in the morning, which is just absolutely perfect. We had a Saturday off. Uh, we had a Sunday. We were I think we were leaving, but so we had an afternoon off. The surf was just offshore and four foot as it had been all all um. All, all week, really, and we were down on the beach. We had a little beach day. We had some food, a couple of cold beers. What else did we? What else did we have, Ben? What else did we have? What else did you have? What did you have? Well, well, I think I was there. I was sitting there. We're just um, having a little toke. We had a, one of our a friends, Steve, comes along. He's sort of like he's uh, well, he's just a friend, and he was he turned up. He uh, <laughs> he, he was integral to the whole process. So, yeah, you um, you stayed on the beach quite a lot. I actually. I was about to go out. I had a little bit of a toke on a little bit, just to you know, feel you know. I had no responsibilities, Paul. I had no kids. I had no nothing to do. I had no jobs. I was just enjoying the beach day. I could sort of let my hair down, well, what's left of it, down. And um, I thought, yeah, this is good. And then our mate Steve, he's, he's a bit of a wild card, isn't he? Uh, he said, oh, do you want to <laughs> do you want to try a bit of this happy? And I was like, well, I mean, what is it for starters? And it's well, he, he explains it's. It's fine ground shamanic snuff from the Amazon forest. So I was like, well, well, what does it do? What does it do, Steve? He says, well, it's supposed to make you relaxed and calm, yet aware and alert. You know, it, it's, it hits you quickly like a jolt, but then it doesn't cause anxiety or fear. And uh, it's supposed to make the mind quieter, uh, negative clears out, and your emo- emotional tension's released. So I was like, well, Steve, that sounds fucking fantastic, doesn't it? So, yeah, so he said you had to do it. It was an elaborate process. It's basically like... Two pipes, and I think he's no shame in our Steve. He's just a fifty-year-old guy from from England, but and he immediately just basically through, blows through one pipe, forces a whole lot of powder fair up your nostril. It felt like I'd had an electric sort of blowtorch to the brain. I was in that. My, my eyes, my ears were watering. I was like, "Whoa!" It was a really intense kind of feeling. You were watching on. And I was like, "Well, there's a family. There was a family watching on nearby that thought you were you you doing sort of brown cocaine, didn't they? They they didn't look that stoked. Anyway, yeah. anyway, so I was anyway. I had that. I sort of went down to the beach. I was, so I had the beer. I had a bit of a take. I had the happy. I think I had a, some type of um, something to eat as well. I, I literally I just jumped through the little beautiful you know just beautiful clear water. Got my head under the water. I mean, I paddled out back in my heyday, like." Eight ten foot pipeline, absolutely terrified. But I had more going on in this. I had like so much going on in a short space of time. But anyway, I went out there and had actually had a really fun surf. And I don't know about being sort of calm and, and collected, but within two minutes, I dropped in on a, a prick that had annoyed me. Uh, I then dropped in on a workmate and uh, told a local grom who there's about literally fifth end on the island to um to pull his neck in. So I don't know if it made me a whole lot calmer. But I had a beautiful <laughs> afternoon with you got more waves. Me and you had a little man on man sesh at this barreling left hander. The sun was out, the offshore was was blowing. It was just one of those uh beautiful afternoons where everything came together, Paul. I I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, free hit. The com- comedians talk about if they have a gig and it gets cancelled, that is like the sort of best day of their sort of year like this they couldn't be any happier a lot of stand-up comics always say that when they're in the hotel or whatever and then for some reason the gig gets cancelled they've just got a whole day it's too late to do anything else you just got a free day like it's just like 
just a bonus a bit like that when the events wrap up and sort of by sort of 10 a.m isn't it you just can't like you got a whole day with nothing to do brilliant yeah good time i'd forgotten about a lot of that stuff fuck that seems like ages ago <laughs> it was a long time ago god that's yeah wow um yeah, I don't think the happy. I, I'm yeah. I don't know loads about it. But I'm not sure if you're supposed to do it like on the beach. <laughs> I don't know. I always felt like it's probably more of a in a sort of smoke lodge or you know just in something where there's lots of dangly sort of floating stuff hanging off the ceiling. And I don't know if you men are do it like by the high sort of high tide mark where there's families having picnics and stuff. Oh, but man, you know, look, there's no rules when it comes to happy pool. I, I find, but um, I tell you what, I knew I was alive there for five minutes. Good snuff. What have you got that? Things sort of latest foray into the world of fly on the wall documentary which people have been talking about i know you know a bit about this but obviously got the drive to survive the formula one thing that i've just watched and they've been they've been filming the same crew but is they called box to box films is that it productions box to box yep they um box box boxing this lap understood um yeah they um they they're doing the surfing they're they're making they've been making it last year and i think they're back this year dog told me they've they've done a couple of episodes already they're like finished um i think kingy features friend of the podcast andy king features very heavily in it um dog features in it a bit but i, I just think surfing might finally found its medium and we've brought you this for a long time we've been saying don't let the surfing spoil the surfing that's kind of been our thing about surf events and so and now you don't have to because you can just watch those sort of fly on the wall kind of candid moments between sort of, well, kingy and medina and dog and whoever and blah whatever it is and you don't really need to worry too much about the actual sort of surfing bit which is kind of the boring part it almost feels like the sort of the actual opposite of of, of the broadcast um and i can't wait i think it's i think it's great um but i just want to know is surfing going to sort of be as sort of quite, yeah, quite sort of sort of bitchy and shitty as F1? Are they going to have those press conferences where they genuinely kind of just sort of make sort of, have sort of snipes at each other? You know, that genuine sort of bristle. Who, you know, they took the, are we going to have branded sort of speculating about firing team riders like, like the Formula One kind of managers do? And who's going to be, who's going to be Horner? Who's going to be the sort of smug? Sort of Red Bull Horner, you know, is, that, is that Dave Prodan going to be him? Sort of, can he perform under pressure of the Red Bull racing car? Well, that sort of, sort of annoying kind of like management speak stroke kind of pilot sort of voice. Could that be Prodan? Oh, who's going to be the, the Haas guy? You know, the, the German guy with a really strong accent, who was my favourite when they said, describe your year in a word. And he goes, shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, we need more. We need more Germans involved. Loads more Germans and more people getting sacked live, and just more, just yeah, more sort of just general dislike being played out in public. But I'm looking forward to. It. I think it's going to be brilliant, and then probably exactly what the sport needs. But I actually like everyone. I even found myself semi caring about F1 now. I know who's in the the title race, which is going down to the next event, going down the pipe. I think in the F1. So still come down the pipe or trestles. Yeah, yeah. Well, now it. Uh, I watched as well. I mean, the, yeah, the Saudi Arabia, um, which obviously has its problems, but that that I watched that yesterday. It was amazing. But yeah, I think it helps that if you're sort of travelling at 250 mile an hour, and if you make a mistake, you can sort of cause well, you can cause the death of your opponent. I think that that adds tends, yep. tends to add a bit of spice. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, you got you got your protagonist in there. You got your you've got your Gabe Medina's, haven't you? You got your Kingy mixing it up with his uh, his, his honesty. Um, so yeah, let's see. But I, I mean, I 
went to, I think you're right about that, that surfing being boring. When I went to the snowboarding film called Driven, which is, you know, three years in the making, I mentioned it before, and like, if you're not a snowboarder, it was just so dull. It's just a lot of very good snowboarding in some amazing spots. Probably the highlight for me was when one of the guys took his shirts off and did a big jump. <laughs> and that's when I cheered. And everyone just looked at me a bit weird. But I was like, woo! And, um, and then I, after 20 minutes, I went to the bar. But I was like, it's the same with surfing. Like, it's, if you're not a surfer, like, if you're not into it, like, why just make movies with lots and lots of surfing in it? So, yeah, hopefully this one, Paul... We'll get to the nitty-gritty of it. And, yeah, we might see some big blow-ups. See Toledo with a tomahawk or, you know, see um, finally see Morgan Sibley just absolutely go mental with a machete. No. Two great surf films in the last, well, this weekend or last few days. Um, Pete Mel, our, our mate, uh, The Condor, has got a new film, Everything and All, all about his sort of life and surfing in big waves and getting on the meth. That's brilliant. Well worth a watch. Really, really enjoyable. Um, but I was sort of expecting to like that. But the one that really took me surprised was Ceremony, which is um, a, sh- a short film by Kai Neville about uh, Craig Anderson for epochy sunglasses. So none of those things are, you know, would normally kind of sort of rattle, pique my interest. It was really, really good. It's all all the surfing's in slow mo. I think it's in I think it's in South Australia. It is a rock that really sharp. Uh, it's just beautiful. It's all like classical music, but just not much music. And um, it's him surfing all, all in slow-mo and then these like beautiful... I mean, you're saying this is a good and I was going to take your word for it. But if you were to sell me... It's really good. Sell me a movie and say, Kai Neville, sunglass brand, <laughs> slow motion <laughs> and classical music, I would be like, well, no. There's loads of shots of... of, of, of sort of panning out shots basically of sort of Ando standing on a sort of a rocky bluff with the onshore in his hair and just ever ever panning further and further out I'll tell you what there's not there isn't in it it's 11 minutes there's no waxing up there's no sort of in the car park getting your boards out there's no looking at charts there's no aeroplane window none of your sort of none of your staples oh really what not like a, a fast forward montage where they go from the car to the airport None, <laughs> it's none of that. All your surf edit standards aren't there. It's sort of coloured to look like an old National Geographic um, film. It's brilliant. Uh, I watched, well, I was watching it. My kids were watching. Joey, Joey asked me if that was a little boy. <laughs> and I said, no, it's, it's a man. He's just a really thin one. Hello, fans of It's Not The Length podcast. How are we doing? It's Luke here, editor at Wavelength. I'm just hunkered down in my flat in Cornwall looking out the window. It's howling winds, masses of swell coming in, but uh, not looking like a very attractive prospect over the next couple of days. If you too are looking for a reason to stay hunkered down wherever you find yourself, we've got loads of good roundup content hitting the Wavelength website soon. Um, we're sharing all of our favourite features of the year over on the Wavelength Facebook. Give that a follow. Follow us on Instagram as well. We'll be flowing some features through to there. Uh, and of course, if you're looking for gifts for the various surfers in your life, of which I'm sure there are many, uh, look no further than the Wavelength Shop. Get on there now. We've got loads of subscription deals, so you can get free chocolate, free socks, free coffee, um, alongside an annual subscription to the magazine for just 20 quid. And we've got gift guides for any type of surfer you can think of, any price bracket. Um, so yeah, jump on there. It's there to help you out and yeah, get, get distracted by some of the content as well. Cheers then. Have a good Christmas.
Ben, what have you got this bag? A bit of both, actually. I mean, I've got. I've been reading a book which yeah. is very, very good, which is called okay. Empire Pain, uh, which is the. It's a book by Patrick Radden Keefe, who's a, a investigative journalist, and it's on the basically it's on the Sackler family, uh, who were the sort of. The family behind on the QS. <laughs> yeah. Were they on the QS? Uh, they were uh, the family behind the oxy uh, codon, um drug in America. So basically, they were the family that became the decisive, decisive force in a national tragedy, the opioid crisis. It tracks it back to when he, the Sacklers, uh, back in the forties, he was one of the original founders involved in uh, Valium and. It's just a fascinating book. I'm not selling it very well, but it's it's a non-fiction, obviously, but it, it's just an absolute pay-turner. This family is off the scale. They donated millions and millions to um, the sort of uh, film, the arts, basically. Fuck, I'm going to do this all <laughs> over again. Fuck, stop that. Phil, Phil, <laughs> shit. Phil Neville. Did they donate loads to Phil Neville? <laughs> Paul, I've got something yeah. that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah what is it, Ben? <laughs> you've, been re- you've been reading a bit, I hear. Empire of Pain, Paul, is a book by Patrick Radden Keefe. Ah, yeah, I've, I've heard of that, yeah. And it's, yep, so, it's um, good. Yeah, it's a brilliant book, a book of non-fiction about the um, opioid crisis right. in America. The Sackler family is traces its roots from the 1930s all the way through to now and how they made their money initially in uh, some drugs, big drugs in the 60s, the 60s and 70s in Valium, and then uh, when they invented, invented OxyContin, which was a, obviously a slow-release um, opioid, which went on to uh, sort of, well, it's killed 450,000 people, they reckon, as of now. Um, and it's an absolutely fascinating book, um, but it did get me thinking. I mean, the person, I mean, I most remember being on that was, was Andy Irons. I remember first in Tahiti, and they were all talking about the oxys, and he had loads of them, and there was a bit, bit of issue how he was coming a little bit unstuck. I didn't know the full full details, but that was sort of, I don't know when that 2002, but that was the first time I sort of come across this thing. So it's, you know, I wasn't very close to Andy, but I got to know him a little bit. And when you know someone that's, um, yeah, it's sort of lost their life to it, you know, as is half a million people. So yeah, it was an amazing, amazing book, but it did sort of put the whole opioids and sort of made me think a bit about Andy and it really made me think about, about all that stuff. So I just, I'd recommend it. And while you're at it, the same dude has done a podcast called Winds of Change, which is about. Uh, the Scorpions, which is a heavy metal band from Germany, yeah. and the whole premise of that podcast is that the CIA wrote the uh, the song "The Winds of Change" as a bit of um, cultural propaganda, and he investigates that sort of thing, and it's absolutely hilarious. Paul, it is brilliant. You will love it. They had a, in 1982, they had like a Moscow concert, weirdly, and they chose as the first ever sort of Western bands: Motley Crue, Skid Row, Ozzy Osbourne. And they all go touring Moscow, and they they talk to all the band about that. So yeah, read that. So yeah, Patrick Radden Keith. And while you're at it, Paul, get his book on the troubles as well. He's a he's a he's a legend. So yeah, anyway, I've said enough about it. Go get it, read it, listen to it. The winds of change was that was the sort of official anthem of the fall of the Berlin Wall, right? Exactly, and that's why they saying it was such a um, and so unlike all their other songs. And there's. Yeah, the manager's got links to the CIA. He was one of the biggest. He got done from the biggest drug bus in history in America, but got off, and then ended up being the the actual um, promoter of that concert in Moscow. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a it's a, a it's a great song. Actually, if if we do a quiz and I win, I'm going to play that as as a song. But uh, yeah, check it out.
Paul. Yeah, well, just just can I just quickly riff back slightly on my Oxy experience, which is very limited. Um, and funnily enough, that you mentioned Andy, but it was actually it was in Puerto Rico when uh, when when Andy well, well he left and then he died, but it was that event. And um, I went to this thing uh, where all the surfers were going, and there was this guy that used to do power balance. It's really this sort of really loud American guy who I think everyone sort of hated. Anyway, I kind of befriended him in the lobby. And he's like, we got to this this sort of hotel or wherever, some of the surf, and he's like, hey, man, you got any oxy? And I was like, I didn't know what it was. I was like, uh, yeah, I just sort of didn't, yeah, I just thought I'd, maybe I'd just try and buy, but I didn't, I'd, no, I didn't, never even heard of it. So, um, yeah, I, um, it, I didn't know anything about it. It's quite innocent. And that, that in itself reminded me of a time when we went to Tenerife when I was 16 and we're walking down the street. You know, you get those northern, you get those northern dudes coming, you out drinking tonight, lads? And like those sort of club, those clubbed dudes, this guy went up to my ass and went, eh, I like twenties. And my mate Gent went, what? And he goes, ease, twenties. <laughs> what? And he goes, ecstasy. And Jen goes, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> we carried on walking, <laughs> which we still are still going around in our WhatsApp group now a long, long time later. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. Oxy sounds like a good book. And Berlin Wall, all of that stuff sounds interesting to me, Ben. Yeah, like try, try it out your trouser, Paul. It almost sounds right up there with Kai Neville's ceremony, 11 minutes of, of epoche sunglasses surfing. There's a Venn diagram and there's one person in that and that's <laughs> fucking you. <laughs> Mm, bit worried about the championship tour, Ben. Actually, bit worried about what's coming up. Um, uh, there's only two Europeans on it for a start next year, which which I don't know if that keeps you awake at night, but it's not great, is it? Um, and it doesn't it doesn't feel like there are many. There doesn't feel like there's much of a Euro youth quake about to happen either, does there? Who's who's coming from the Euros? Don't know. Who's Who's, is there any of the new lot? There lo- loads of new ones that are on there. Let, let's see what they do. Maybe with the exception of Liam O'Brien, I really like all the other ones. Not, they just feel feel a little bit also ranny. Um, to what we're left with, Ben? I, I tell you what we're left with. Just sort of a little bit older Gabriel, a little bit older John, a little bit older Italo, isn't it? John does nearly thirty. How did that happen? How did how did that happen? I think, I, yeah, it just sort of, yeah, it feels like it's just going to come down to how good the surf is and the, the events look a lot better. But if the surf is sort of average, I don't know. I just, maybe I'll get into it a bit more. I, I like the fact that Carlos Munoz is, is qualified. But then I thought, I really asked myself why that is. I'd like to say it's not just because of his hair. But it, it, it basically is. Other than the fact that I don't think I can bear sort of watching him turn sort of 33 on the QS. I mean, he's already been there a while. You know, I can sort of picture him still on the QE, 30-something sponsored by a sort of physiotherapist in San Jose. I just, yeah, so I was stoked he got on, but otherwise, they feel it feel like they feel like stocking fillers, the new guys, rather than the sort of main present, don't they? Well, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. I'm, 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 I'm with you on this, Paul, because look, look at the names that have, won't be there next year. Berez, I mean, these aren't obviously the, uh, the youngest of... Bit, but they're still big names, aren't they? Berez is gone. Julian Wilson is gone. Jeremy Flores is gone. Jack Freestone is gone. Mikey Wright's gone. And in, yeah, in you've got Jackson Baker, uh, Cullen Robson, Nat Young, Lucas Messinas, and Carlos Mignon. Nat so, Old. So, yeah, I mean, it's not exactly... Uh, I mean, it's, it is in some ways a generational change, but maybe not one for the better. 
Mm, I like, I do, I, do, I seriously like Liam O'Brien. Again, one of the things I think I like about him is that he does look quite a lot like Rob Gunning. Imagine Liam O'Brien without the big cool hair. What have you got? Imagine little little glasses on him. What have you got? You got gun. You got Gunning. If Mark Richards and Rob Gunning had a love child, <laughs> that, that would be him. Uh, yeah, he's a smart guy. He's a great surfer. Yeah, I reckon like, like Callum Robson. Like he, he's not amazing, but he's going to be on the CT for ten years. So I'll give him that. But yeah, you think some of the other guys? Um, yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of which is also why the. <laughs> Potentially, why this WSL wanted so many wild cards in these events, but they ca- they can't do that now because they of the uproar about the uh, double qualifiers. But yeah, hopefully we might be uh, proven wrong. Yeah, and very few Europeans. <laughs> Jazz gigs, Paul. I went to my sort of made my debut. Uh, okay, controversial. Went yep. to my first ever like proper serious jazz gig, um, and I mean I like to keep my musical sort of <laughs> framework pretty open i'm pretty open to all sorts of things and i love <laughs> jazz as a thing and i try you know I'm, I'm i'm educating myself somewhat you're a bit more of a jazz fan and i uh, know a little bit a lot more about it than me but i went to my first gig and just it was a bit like <laughs> what i imagine like someone just for their first ever surf so just paddling out at sort of like velzy land and just not really like you, Having no idea of the the rules, the etiquette, the lineup, what goes where, who who does what, it's all unwritten. Where the channel is, where the channel yeah, where the is, shallow spot. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's all these rules that you know they exist. They're not written down. You're never going to learn them. You you know you you can get some rude uh, lessons. Yeah. So we walked into the the jazz gig. I think I already broke a few of the etiquette. <laughs> we were late, um, yeah, so everyone was sitting was down. It was, it was in a big auditorium, like a proper sit down gig. Uh, we. Actually, we mentioned Steve, our shaman friend. He his friend was playing, so we already actually knew the uh, the singer. We met her at dinner, so we sort well, of she, had... yeah. She 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 wasn't. A, I mean, I just don't want to interrupt. She wasn't a singer, was singer, she? She yeah. played the lead. She played trump. She played trumpet. She's yeah, a lead she's trumpeter. She, she's called Yaz Ahmed. She's so into jazz. Her name is actually Yaz. Yes, that's, that's she... how jazzy. She's a British Iranian trumpeter that does. Um, I mean, to be fair, for entry for your entry into the, into the medium, it's feminist trumpet is what she does. I mean, that's yeah. that's not that's not an easy entry. Band, no, it wasn't. And like, hey, it's a few of you know that you knew, but out for the outside people that never been to a jazz gig, you can't talk. You have to clap at the right time. Well, you 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 tried to talk. Didn't I fucking you? did. You, well, and, what type you, of you all did. Everyone did except me. <laughs> I just ignored you all. Garnell said, oh, are you not going to talk to me? And I went, nope, and just held my hand up. I just gave him the fucking hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I just think, what type of gig can you fucking go and not talk? It seems really strange. But, um, yeah, anyway, so, I, you know, there was, there was a little bit in the – well, it's blown my mind. I could totally – I was like, yeah, I'm into this. This is amazing. And then, like, within, like, a minute <laughs> – This one goes out to the suffragettes. <laughs> within a minute – when the well not within a minute within a seven minute solo by the xylophone fucking dude I was like oh my god the vibraphone the vibraphone you didn't like him did you you did not like the vibraphone didn't like that prick on the vibraphone (laughs) and we had to leave early and break all uh, you know exiting the lineup was like basically like paddling in like up the inside basically past the ten heavies at fucking Velgiland and then just going into the rocks at speed we just had to leave the gig halfway through so anyway yeah yeah, jazz gigs (laughs) 
Yeah, I left first, and I was like, yeah, the next the next pause between songs can't work out or pe- next movement. I, my, I the way I left it was like scoring a try in the corner. You just like don't turn your head, just literally aim for the corner and just go. Like that's it, just run there. Don't worry about who's sort of thundering over to tackle you from the side. And then and then no, I thought you would follow me. I waited outside for about fifteen minutes before before anyone came out. But anyway, yeah, no, it was that was a tough one. It was in it was in Ponte Delgado in the Azores. It was Yaz Ahmed who is 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 brilliant, but but it's not it's not easy to get into. I, I wasn't that into it. It's not super melodic and it's quite uh yeah kind of experimental pretty deep yeah not not an easy one ben there you, you you could have more fun at jazz than that oh and, and i will do yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna swat up and eventually i'm gonna come back in like five years having no and i'm gonna walk into one of those gigs know, know the lineup etiquette know the rules and just absolutely smash it out of the park yeah i would say no talking at any gig is isn't particularly that's not a, you, if you want to talk just why are you going to watch music it's like the people that's what they do they've, they've sort of been doing it all their life they're sort of really good at it to the point that people pay to go and see them like why what you've got to talk about just you know just keep it shtum or at best just whatsapp your neighbor maybe <laughs> anyway yeah that was fun or, but also terrible and, <laughs> really and 10 was, euros yeah. and 10 bucks I didn't even get free tickets Steve fucking flew out from Lisbon to see her and we didn't even get free tickets you got Paul I'd like to talk to you specifically you Ben about the World Surf League homepage about the website yeah bring it on yep I mentioned I mentioned I mentioned some of your articles at the top at the top of the show I just I've been I've been going to the website recently because I've been wanting to sort of follow what's happening with qualification and stuff like that and I just it's just crap isn't it it, it is crap Ben this is what a isn't it direct attack on my both my writing is that your, and my is that your main is that your main job that is literally what you mainly do is you do World Surf League written content uh half of my job i would say okay round it round it up yes it's your main job it's just a bunch of sort of disparate press releases isn't it sort of i don't know i just couldn't find anything at all even sort of clear on the information i wanted i I don't mind if i don't get information i just want entertaining i just can't find anything really sort of depth texture context anything vaguely grown up like what age is it written for? Like, is there a, is there a, a sort of directive? Like it has to be kind of 12-year-old. Like, I don't know. I don't mean, I'm, I sort of, I, I, listen, I reserve anyone's right to turn in sort of very questionable work, as I'm sure we'll get to. You know, that's life. That's life. You know, every now and again, or even every now and again and again, you know, turning in. But, I mean, in the law of averages, you'd think something readable would have to turn up one in every 500 articles. But, yeah, I just, I just thought it was literally just, just churn. It was Monday churn. To use, to borrow a Jonathan Wilson sort of Barney Roney term from the Guardian Football Weekly podcast, it's just, it's just churn, Ben, isn't it? Pro- um, prove me wrong. Well, I'm in talk, a talk me back. You've put me in a talk very me. difficult position here, Paul. So, um, but did, I think... The audience that they're going for is, is probably very different from, from you, I would is say. Is it, though? Because who well, still reads articles no, no, anyway? I mean, People think, no, well, the, I think it is me. It's me that they want, then. I'm the <laughs> one that they want. You always think the answer to what they want is you, Paul. But, um, no, well, not, not, not that I agree with that particularly, but that, what, the brief that you get, basically, in terms of content is, 
is that yeah, it's it's not hardcore, and it's. I mean, I don't think that's particularly the right strategy. We can talk about that as a different mm. thing. I used to do. I used to write stuff on that on that for them, and I, I thought my stuff was pretty good, even if I say so myself. But yeah, I I just thought it was all terrible. I couldn't find one thing that wasn't awful. Anyway, yeah, just keeping it real. Sometimes you got to, you know. Sometimes yeah, yeah. you got to. Yeah, I'll pass it on. That's what your friends are for, isn't it? Yeah. That's what your friends real yeah. real talk, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, anyway, just changing tax slightly. Do you want another bad? Well, um, let me just. I was going to talk a bit about your article. I mean, this is just. Okay. This isn't just in the. Uh... Anyway, moving on. So um, yeah, yeah. Go on, Ben. What have you got? Hit, hit me back. I've I've served into into the corner. No, yeah, no, it's now just I'm, in. I'm feeling petty. It's, You've not... scrambled across the baseline. You've got a full <laughs> backswing. <laughs> what have you got? No, I actually, you know. It, in parts with your, I did uh, read some of your work. I mean, I I love the 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 review of the Vistler Four Three. I thought that was seven hundred and fifty words of uh, yep. high quality journalism. Uh, yep. Really got in, and a great a great wetsuit as well. I might add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one myself. So um, very, yeah, that very I mean, comfy. I get the time to delve. the high the high seas the high seas to, hooded four three. It's on wavelengthmag.com. It's actually available to buy as well in the Wavelength shop. But yep, yeah, carry I on. I don't yeah. get to delve that deep in those product stuff that often, but that was good. I also right. enjoyed, well, enjoyed parts of, I would say I enjoyed, I enjoyed the last third of your, your piece on uh, when you went and saw the uh, Finnegan experience. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll just With Derek O'Neill from Vistler. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I would say that, I mean, obviously, as is your want, your first probably, of a, how, how long was that article in the end? Probably 1,000 words, I suppose. Probably a thou, probably a thou, Ben. Yeah. The first 500 was uh, caught up with your, obviously, your domestic sort of situation, general. I can't even remember what, insights what it's about. It sounds good. Paul, it sounds good. Insights like in the it. Evans household. And I was thinking, yep. I was thinking at one, I mean, after you dealt with the, you know, the gastro in your family, I thought, I thought oh, wonder oh, yeah, yeah. if Finnegan's actually going to turn up in this article about William Finnegan that you went and saw. But eventually in the last sort of third, you did get to... Uh, to uh, to meeting him and I did actually enjoy the the, the last third of that. That was uh, quite yeah, quite illuminating. A few little little bits of uh, nuggets in there that I quite enjoyed. Uh, I, I tell you oh, what, that's I, right, that's right. I remember it now. I remember it now. There was the girl that works for the World Turf League, wasn't there in the queue? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you stole my line. You stole my I great did, party I like that line. One. Yeah, I use that. I use that every day. Yeah. <laughs> Stole one of my lines. That's probably what I was most disgruntled about. I, Fucking I, one of one of mine. I, yeah, that's right. I said, "Are you it. going?" We did a little chat. That was good. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah. Are you going? Are you going to Hawaii? She went. Oh no. I went, okay. She went. Are you going to Hawaii? And I went. No. <laughs> Great party. <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. The best line on it was the line you stole from me, basically. But uh, yeah, it's worth a read a wavelength. That is, uh, is it was uh, interesting. I like how. Yeah, uh, yeah. Check it out, guys. It's 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 worth a read, but just be prepared for sort of getting through Paul's. Uh, to be fair, inter- that hinterland came, interior for the first three quarters of it. That book came out seven years ago, so it wasn't much of a guess. What William Finnegan's got a book out wasn't really the hook. So I just I made it more about the Evans family having projectile shits, Heidi shitting on the bed, and Joey shitting on the couch. <laughs> Oh dear. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, just sorry. I've got um, another, I'd like to retract uh, the previous positivity that I displayed at the start, at the start of the show. 
about the litter pickup. The planet is fucked after all. Um, uh, when I was up at this, this the mount, I don't know if I mentioned I've been snowboarding twice in a week, Ben. In, um, but anyway, when I was up the mountain, I saw some people that I knew from the surf industry, some successful surf industry people, younger, younger people than I'm not talking about old, sort of old Aussie, sort of salty. Oh, I remember in 91. No, no I'm talking about young sort of young people, successful young people in the surf industry. And one of them was talking about a, a lift pass. With, we're obviously talking about lift passes, as you do, having a couple of beers at lunch. And he's like, yeah, you can get this global lift pass where you can go to like Vail, whatever, Aspen, Zermatt, fucking Mont Blanc, whatever, Trieste, whatever that thing's called in Italy. I was just like, fucking hell, what? Like a world ski pass. Yeah, well, they're, all those like, massive resorts are all owned by like three big companies well, yeah okay i get that but just like is that really is that is this the post cop 26 sort of chat <laughs> it's like someone saying oh oh did you know you can hunt elephants now and like get a photo taken with your sort of foot on their head like you know it's just weird i was like and and yeah the one of the people in question he'd, he'd been in like malta then he, no he's in iceland on a surf trip then he went to malta to do something and he was skiing and then he's going to hawaii the next i was like fucking hell it's almost like um it's almost like some people haven't had the memo about the collapse of the planet's sort of life support systems. That's been fun, Ben. Um, I don't know if you've got all your all your Christmas presents sorted yet, but if you haven't, Ben, get yourself on to uh, wavemcmag.com and click on the shop because, I mean, there really is something for everyone for all levels of surf stoke. Um, you want to get wetsuit. Want to get some some great great clothing from sustainable brands? Maybe you want a yoga mat or some sort of knife or sort of forest barbecue type thing. It's all there, Monday. Um, fill your fill your fill your stockings. Yep, we'll do. Um, yeah, I actually I'm always late to the uh, to the Christmas present buying gifts guide. So yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, mine a knife and a yoga mat. It's right up my straza. Maybe I think Sarah could be looking at a, maybe a subscription for Wavelength for 2022. Yep. Two yep. premium print editions plus a great choice of free gifts. I think they've got the they've got the yellow lid keep cup offer going great guns at the moment. So maybe pick her up a couple of them. Sure. Yeah. Yep. She'll be happy with that. I mean, it's probably going a bit above the budget, but I don't mind branching out every now and again for special occasions. Bring it on. Um, we might be convening um, the world famous surfing spot of Nazare, Portugal, at the end of the week. Let's see how that all goes. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's bring it on. If I reckon, if uh, that does happen, I think we might be able to do some type of in-depth analysis of that place. Uh, I think uh, it's ripe for uh, some more potting, and uh, let's hope for some giant waves. I mean, you on the airways? Five. Very exciting. Five things uh, we learnt at Nazare. Michel de Bouillons is still as hungry as ever and back from the brink, etc, etc. Yep, yeah, it's putting that Justin Dupont. Uh, Kosher Bomb is on a roll. Yep, five yep. things. Five reasons why Kosher Bomb is on a roll. Nick Von Rupp. Five things you do know about Nick Von Rupp. So I've got that sort of already there. I sent Nick Von Rupp a voice uh, memo this morning and he read it, but didn't reply no. so he's a cunt unsurprising <laughs> unsurprising and, and on that note um, enjoy yourselves people it's later than you think and get a dog right up yes